Welcome to the Reaction Pod, Sunland AFC 3, Bristol Rovers nil. I'm Rory Fallow, not joined by Matthew Keelan. He is in Paris. He may send us something at the end of the pod. He may not. We will see. You will know this by the time you listen to us. Uh, but I am joined by Michael Loft. We are in the Harbour View, as is customary after home games. And Mickey, I think... We're feeling very positive after that win, as you would expect. But just another, yet again, really good team performance. We spoke about this on Thursday's pod, about every player knowing their jobs and just just getting through and doing the right things at the right times. And it was very much that today, wasn't it? Yeah. There's so many things that's pleased me about just everything at the moment. And I think it's, we're winning games in all sorts of different ways. So Rochdale, you're 3-0 up at half-time, absolutely cruising. We had to grind out the Ipswich game to a certain extent. And then again, Oxford last week, we weren't under the cosh, but we dealt with and dealt with things and defended really well. And today, I just what really delighted me with today's performance was the fact that it got to an hour, it's still nil-nil. People are getting a little bit frustrated. There's a few kind of groans for misplaced passes, which is completely natural. But we kept doing what we were doing. We kept on trying to get in behind, trying to like cut it back to the edge of the area. We kept doing the right things. And I think two months ago, even a month ago, you might have seen us go a lot more direct and pumping balls into the box because it wasn't. It was working in the sense that we were controlling the game, but maybe not in terms of goal mouth action. So I'm really pleased we stuck to our guns, and it's an absolutely excellent win, vital. Yeah, and it's like what you're saying about sticking to your guns. And the, the first half, the, it was in danger, and we'll probably come in this onto the centre and off in a bit, but it was in danger of becoming like quite frustrating, like you're saying, getting into pumping balls into the box. But in that first half, when it was quite frustrating, you had like Tom Flanagan playing defence splitting passes, which <laughs> regular listeners of the pod will know that I love a bit of Tom Flanagan bantering his way through games. But we were still like getting into those areas, weren't we? There was times when Denver Hume was in really good position, you know. Denver Hume had that one blocked off the line as well. We were always forcing the issue in that first half as well, which, especially with the form we're in at the moment, you were always fairly confident that as frustrating as tight as it may have been at half-time, we were going to get the result, weren't we? One of them, I think, you go a goal up and there's no way back for them. And I think it's just a question of when you get the goal. And I think if we'd scored in the first 20 minutes, half an hour a day, you certainly couldn't have complained. Bristol would have had no complaints about it whatsoever. So as I say, I'm absolutely, I'm really pleased we stuck to our guns. But I don't think it can be underestimated how well we played in the first half. Just because we didn't score, we still were fully in control of the game. Jordan Willis was still doing his thing, receiving the ball really wide on the right hand side. He's looking to overlap and getting balls into the box, which he did really well. As you say, Denver Hume, he was a bit frustrating because he got into the right places, but his final um, touch or something at times was a little bit lacking. But as, as you say, it was just a good performance from start to finish. And it's exactly the sort of game you need to win in that manner if you want to get promoted. So all good. Yeah, absolutely. And there was still, it's maybe as frustrating as Hume was. Like I say, he had that one blocked on the line. There was a brilliant cross he put in for 9 late in the half as well, which 9 put over the bar. Can't really discount that. And 9 should have had a penalty in that first half as well. But, you know, we got in and just didn't really like panic in the second half whereas Bristol Rovers with that re- stupid sending off they very much panicked didn't they and that as much as I still think we would have gone on to win the game that give us a, a helping hand not to discredit our performance but if you're Bristol Rovers manager you're looking at that being like come on, like, come on. we're going away from home against Saturday we're gunning for promotion amazing oh, form yeah. It's, it, yeah exactly he's doing the biggest ah here at the minute isn't he and he's, and he's, he's called Garnet as well as, as, as we established on Thursday's pod so very Sunderland-y name but he, he, he was he, well, I'm sure he is Garnet he did Garnet for the foul Chris McGuire it was just 
a mental thing to do, wasn't it? Can you talk me through what happened? Because I was like watching because the player developed a little bit, so I haven't seen it at all. All I saw was Maguire on a heap on the floor. Well, he, obviously Maguire caught in possession in the middle of the heart, and that shows actually how poor it was from Bristol Rovers. If you're if you're looking from their perspective, opposition player gets a little bit caught in possession and makes a bit of a mistake, and it le- leads to one of your players getting sent off. It just basically just kind of like kicked him like it was just it was just meant like just like lashed sort of like lashed out at him it was very odd but so Maguire wasn't even like winding them up and we just well I'm, it was Chris Maguire so I'm tempted to say he probably was winding up and he, 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 he did seem to be like having like a bit of a mouth off after as well which nah, we love a bit of that don't we but yes we need that kind of carry on really because we've complained for ages that we've not shown enough of it but no I think I agree I think once again you look around like 1 to 11 and I can't really like really go in on anyone for how the players I mean I think that um, Charlie White maybe overtly didn't have the greatest of games but you made a great point earlier which I'll let you make again before I went on there about um, the movement he did for Gucci's goal yeah that, that first goal was such a pleasing team goal and I think one player everyone involved in the build of that goal was excellent Dobson who will speak in a little bit more detail in a second he did really well for that goal but when it was played in field Gooch and White were really near each other and White just kind of like <laughs> with his body language told Gooch like no you, you, don't want, you don't want to be here you get in the middle let me do this open up the space because he's dragging the defender out White which is really good at doing laying the ball off quickly to Maguire and allowed Maguire to get that ball in quickly for Gooch with a bit of space to finish as well and goes back to just all the players knowing their jobs and knowing where everyone's going to be and it's just it's so pleasing to see and it just Again, it goes back to what we just said about even when games are going frustrating, you know that that's going to happen, don't you? And, and, it, and it's shown quality as yeah. well, isn't it? it it's, it's tremendous, really, because I think we've gone from... I know this it's going to become like some kind of mythical day, isn't it? That Bolton Wanderers Boxing Day draw. Yeah. Like, if should we get promoted, people will kind of look at that as like the absolute rock bottom. But you look at that game and you look at how rigid the formation was. We played the three at the back, but it was completely different the day. It was really rigid. We didn't have any width. We didn't have any creativity. But now, I think this is arguably, I know the level's completely different, but it's one of the most fluid Sunderland teams I've seen in the way that we like interchange things and kind of like transition from defence into attack. It's so fluid. It's not as if people just go out there with kind of like pegged positions we're seeing like you say Jordan Wills is receiving the ball kind of like right wing at times like you say Flanagan he's kind of dropping in centre midfield and when these people are getting forward Power and Dobson are doing like a lot of really good work to sit in and cover for them. It's a little bit like the whole and Villa and Van Holt situation that we had um, in yeah, the Premier League under Big Sam, where where we had people who were covering for each other all the time. And at a simplistic level, that's what football's all about. It's about kind of um, extenuating your strengths and kind of negating your negatives as much as possible. And I think we're doing that brilliantly. And right now, if we be Fleetwood, I, I just really I, I can't see us really like failing to get promoted from here. If no, and that, and that Fleetwood game is going to be huge, especially off the back of them beating Portsmouth today. Um, in, in, interesting results going on, but the Fleetwood one, is especially because they've beat Portsmouth 1-0, it puts Fleetwood into the top six. So, you know, with us being fourth as well, that is, in terms of the division, that is a huge game on Tuesday. I'm sure the lads on Monday, will, well, we're going to preview that in more detail, but we looked at this run of three games with Bristol Rovers being the sort of gimme game not to show too much disrespect you know to ruffle the hair a little bit though but you know we, we, we did prove that idea with a comfortable win and that's going to be huge and then obviously on to Coventry who are have gone 
I think maybe actually no I was going to say they're top but I think Rotherham's late winner has yeah. cemented Rotherham in top with Coventry second Wickham third if I remember rightly off the top of my head with three points behind second place uh, and I think with first place well I think they're level on points with two points behind Wickham but we have a game in hand on them P- apologies if some of that's slightly incorrect I'm doing off the top of my head but it's, it's putting us in that really strong position isn't it Mickey and we we do just have to focus on what we're doing and just and just keep getting wins and then it'll all fall into place because obviously we've got teams like Coventry, Rotherham at the end of the season to play. But with this the momentum behind us now, it's you know Coventry and Fleetwood are going to be very tough games, but it gives you all the confidence in the world going into them, doesn't it? It does. I mean, this reminds me a little bit this season of the promotion season under Mick Mack in 2004 or five. So people remember that as quite a kind of like functional kind of promotion. They like kind of were getting fairly low attendances in comparison to the Roy Keane season. But that season, I was looking into this the other day, we actually accumulated 94 points that year, which is the same amount as um, what Rafa Benitez's as Newcastle side did in 2016-17. We scored the same amount of goals as Keane's team and we conceded less. So sometimes, even though <laughs> you think to yourself that like Roy Keane was all kind of like battering teams every week and that, you look at the reality... And it maybe wasn't. And this team's reminded me a bit of a Mick Mack team in that they're maybe not spectacular and they're not the best footballers in the world, but we've got a game plan that we stick to. Everybody knows the jobs. And we're getting... So people think of the Roy Keane season and that run we had yeah, after yeah. season... after Sorry, after season. Okay. After, after January. Um, but under Mick Mack, we went kind of like... Nine, we won nine games in a row. Yeah. And I think this team, the way we're playing at the minute, there's no reason whatsoever why we can't go on that run. Yeah, no, and the style of football is like quite similar to that. And what you mentioned about like... Ev- the fact of the, the, the sort of Van Arnholt and Villa comparison that was under Sam Allardyce which is very at a higher level yeah. is kind of Mick McCarthy style which Phil Parkinson is probably that level below that isn't it yeah. just just accentuate like you said before accentuating your positives and hide negatives and just knowing what to do with the players that you've got and I think one player who really sums up the sort of Parkinson turnaround is George Dobson who we mentioned briefly before Dobson is a player who's really struggled at the start and you know we've said plenty of harsh words on him but recently we've been full of praise for him and I think we've said this quite a bit about him about today being his best game but once again I think you know maybe I'd probably say Chris Maguire was man of the match but after that probably George Dobson for that for that first goal he was absolutely fantastic in the ball that he played in uh, into White but you were saying it off air as well, Mickey, before we start recording. He was just everywhere, wasn't yeah. he? Like, constantly. He's just, he, like, you know, scouring when he signed was called the rap. But Dobson, like, yeah. epitomises that, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he was just an absolute pest. But to be honest, I think we've seen that from Dobson before and that he's quite clearly got a high work rate. He maybe didn't have the fitness to sustain it earlier on in the season. But we at least saw, he would give the ball away a lot, but he'd be straight there trying to win it back. Mm. But the pleasing thing now is his ball retention looks it's absolutely night and day from what we were seeing two, three months ago. Yes. And, and that's crucial when you're playing that kind of deep line midfield role for him and power to keep things ticking over and to like feed the ball into Gooch and people like that. So, like you say, I think he was outstanding. He's probably up there with maybe your top three or four players today. No, I would totally agree. And you mentioned fitness there, and to go back to Maguire, who I just mentioned as well, he looks super fit at the moment, doesn't he? The fittest that he's looked since coming in. Like me and my dad were talking about him towards just before he was substituted, actually. About if you were watching Maguire today and you didn't really know anything about him, you would think it was quite similar to when you watched Aidan McGeady this time last year. And like, oh, that's someone who's played at like 
a really a much higher level and he's just because Maguire's just gliding through games he's every again similar to Dobson and it's obviously something that Parkinson's drilling into them to always like be looking to pick up balls and help out where you can but Maguire's doing that massively and his contribution going forward even when things weren't quite happening that little bit of frustration in the first half he was he looked actually a little bit ahead of everyone else and it was sometimes I think he was trying things where people weren't on his wavelength just the quality has got me like then two assists today again as well because I think he got obviously the assist for Gucci's goal and possibly if he got the, if he did get a flick on for Wikes as well but that just shows you he's contributing to goals all the time isn't he I think he's kind of epitomising just the kind of rising standards across the club we've seen yes. in the past couple of yeah. months. Um, and like you say, if you'd said to Chris Maguire, I mean, I've got no problem with him having like a bit of fast food after a game. But when you get a player who's kind of been dug out for that and there's photos of him looking um, slightly rotund, to be polite, and now we're seeing him looking really trim, like you say, he's everywhere. And he's clearly got the ability. So if you combine that with the fitness and everybody having really high standards, I mean, I touched on kind of like Roy Keane's promotion team before, and that was what got that group promoted. wasn't the best team, but the standards across the board were so high. And I think now we're seeing that, I mean... In the first half, there were times we were playing like little interchanges and the, and the passes weren't perfect, but we were turning them into good balls because people were really getting stuck in, making sure they got there first, playing the next ball. And due to the wind more than anything, sometimes the balls are going a little bit astray, but people aren't just turning around, throwing their arms in the air. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're getting first of the ball. It was a little bit like the goal we scored against um, Wickham, where the ball, I think, ultimately um, ended up for Denver Hume for the second goal. There was a passage of play down the, down the right-hand side and we could have lost the ball about four times in that move. It wasn't free-flowing Barcelona stuff, but we made it look brilliant because people are putting the bodies on the line and winning the ball. And it's, it's just great to see because contrary to the popular belief, as Sunderland fans, we don't actually demand a huge amount. And I think we saw that the day because now the standards are so high. We saw that the day with the way the crowd reacted to Parkinson, the way he reacted to the crowd. And it's just brilliant to see everybody pulling in the same direction again because we talked before about momentum and I don't want to sound like, like a mag here almost but I think when you get the stage of my light on side and the players pulled in the right direction I do think Sunderland if they're not in the Premier League are an unstoppable force when everyone's so united together No it's true and it comes from like like you are saying turn those like awkward balls in, into good balls and it goes back to just the determination that's there and you know it might not be like flashy all the time but every, everyone just wants the ball all of the time and you know, you, you look at the confidence going through the side at the minute, and that was really well exemplified by Charlie White's goal. He went through one-on-one. How many times have we seen, not as a dig, I don't want to dig the lad out because he played quite well today, but Charlie White going through one-on-one, we know that that's not his forte. He's no. like someone that you put the ball onto his head or he gets like the scruffy goals, which, you know, absolutely fine. That's, you know, many strikers have made a career off like just being the right place at the right time, but he went through one-on-one. He was cool as ice. And, like, he drew the keeper, like, as you said before we started recording, he had him on strings and just slotted him, like, beautifully. He looked like he does that for us, like, every week, didn't he? Yeah. No, it was absolutely excellent because... I think for a lot of strikers, particularly at this level, the more time you've got to think about it, usually the more things that can go wrong. Yes, yeah, yeah. But when he got the ball today, and I looked a bit silly for the first time, because in the first half, um, White, he got the ball, like, I think Maguire played a lovely ball in the channel for him, and he was kind of in, but he was like too far wide. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I think, and I said to somebody, I said, the trouble with White is, when he gets the ball, even in good areas, you don't have faith in him to make the right choice. Mm-hmm. And then he's got the main mail, like an absolute tit with that, to be fair, <laughs> because he gets the ball in the halfway line, and as you say, he just 
drove through, and I thought to myself all the way until he rounded the keeper. He's going to hit this straight at him. He's going to hit it straight at him. He's going to hit it straight at him. <laughs> then he rounds it. And it was a bit like the G moment. My heart kind of stopped for a minute. Thought he's going. He's going to. <laughs> Let's not go too far. Gonna, no, but it's kind of like he's going to. No, but I mean, in the fact that you you still thought he's going to put this wide. He's going to mess it up somehow. I don't mean in kind of like the drama or anything like that. I just mean purely because he rounds a keeper, and you think to yourself, "Oh my God, just put it in the net, please." And he did. And well, he did exactly. And like I say, just the. If you, if you think of where a good comparison for that is, pretty much dead on a year ago, Will Grigg went through one-on-one against Blackpool, rounded the goalkeeper and put it wide. And we, again, we spoke about this on Thursday as part about that being, you kind of like correlate that to our decline for the rest of the season. And whereas today, Charlie White goes through one-on-one, pretty much rounds a goalkeeper, slots it away, 2-0 up, we're cruising and we go on and get a third. And there's a big... I'm not, again we always say we're not trying to get too far ahead of ourselves on the pot at the minute when we're like quite gushing with praise and getting quite excited as I very much like to do at least Matthew's not on so the excitement levels are slightly yeah down. yeah it is It is a little bit more but then again you are someone who likes to run on the pitch after goals as, as we remember from last season but it goes you know you just look and you just think actually we are a little bit and it might just be because we're more functional now we are more playing our strengths and Parkinson actually has found a way to get the best out of White, which is which was Ross's biggest film that he didn't get the best out of any of our strikers. Madger is, well, after Madger leaving, I should say. But we're doing that now. We're functional, yeah. and it's just... We look like a juggernaut at yeah. the minute. What's brilliant to see as well, and it's a criticism that people made of Ross quite rightly, that even today you're freeing them up, and fair enough, ultimately it was a poor ball he put straight into the keeper's hands. But Luke O'Neill's bombing down the line, looking to get a fourth in injury time. Yeah. And it's just absolutely brilliant to see that we're not just going one nil up and thinking to ourselves, oh my God, like we just need to kind of save this out now. We're looking to score three, four goals. Yeah. And it's absolutely brilliant to see. And, and it's exciting, really, which, again, I'd never thought I'd say about a Phil Parkinson team when he came in. Yeah. Everyone thinks, oh, functional, this, that and the other. But no, it is exciting at the minute. I mean, I, I saw the stats after the Rochdale game, but that's the fourth time we've been three nil up at half-time under his management since he came in. It's just nuts, isn't it? And the, the fans singing his name today as well, the, the turnaround especially like if we do go up which we you know when we're, we're not well we're not even in the automatic place at the minute the fact that the fans are singing his name now and what you said about getting the stadium on side he's got that now and it's the first time since i don't know maybe the the, the checker trade final like did hold things together quite well last year and then things were a little bit stunted after that but it's the first time especially with things that have been going on behind the scenes Club feels very, especially looking at the way the players are and now the manager's doing the business, feels very united at the minute and it, and it just feeds in all that momentum, doesn't it? And you look at the clubs around us who are, you know, Wickham have just been taken over, actually. That was confirmed today. And don't know, like, too much about Rotherham, but, you know, Coventry are a bit of a mess as well. So the fact that we're so united, is that going to be the thing that like just keeps that positivity going, keeps that atmosphere going and could push us over the line? Yeah, and as well, I'd like to think now, if you're an opposition manager, you look at the Sutherland's results and you're thinking, oh, Christ. I'm an opposition fan as yeah. well. Whereas like last season, it was not quite as bad as what it was during the kind of Grace and Coleman era, but even last season, there was a degree of like away fans coming up here, having a lovely old time, getting like a kind of historic 1-1 draw. I mean, yeah, yeah. you saw Luton, who won the league last season, and they celebrated the draw at the stage of my life as over, like, won the league that day. 
Um, and it just goes to show how much of a scalp we are in this league. But now, people are probably looking, as I say, looking, oh my God, they've been 3 0 up four, on four occasions since November. Like, we've, we're absolutely we're battering teams at times. So today, there was a really comprehensive display, and 3 0 did not flatter us for a moment. So if you're looking at Sunderland, I hope now teams are fearful of us. Yeah. And and that's what, and without again it's not being arrogant but we are a massive club for this level and teams should be scared of playing us and it, it should be a little bit of a so for example when Rangers plummeted down the leagues and they were playing in the second and third division of Scottish football we should be creating that sort of aura because it is a little bit of a comparison in terms of a size of club compared to who we're playing yeah. so long may it continue basically yeah totally agree and it's just. It's just really nice to do these traction pods and keep being positive yeah. as well. And one more little thing that I'm sure we all enjoyed today as well is friend of the show, Frankie Francis, who, as I'm sure you know, is the announcer of the stadium, announcing Charlie White's name twice, which, given that he scored a nice goal today, I would say he fully deserved. Foreshadowing for Frankie. Well, exactly. Imagine if he got a brace, actually. Imagine if he scored a second today. That would have been like absolutely perfect, yeah? It's a bit like, you know, when episodes of The Simpsons from like the early 2000s are predicting stuff or something. Yes. Now, politically, it's kind of... Frankie's just yeah. doing that for the lads now. He was, he was very close to doing that. Uh, but Gareth and Stephen will be back on Monday and then myself and Matthew. Matthew will return from Paris for the Thursday pod and hopefully on that Thursday pod we will be talking about another excellent win against Fleetwood as we look ahead to what will surely be a massive game against Coventry. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah.